Okay. Yeah, so um, uh, the Seder night, in addition to the Haggadah, there's a mitzvah of Thanksgiving. If you remember, we talked about the servant who's freed. So he, uh, part of that is to be thankful that you're free. Uh, it's to remember that you were slaves and to remember the going out. But it, it, a person ha- is a different, has to focus on how grateful he is and thankful uh, that his life would be different if he was still enslaved. So Tosus just uh, throws an interesting thing in here. Uh, the bottom Tosus on yesterday's page. So he, he quotes the wording here, and he says in the Mechilta, Kol Hashiras Lashin Nekeva. Almost all of these songs of praise are female. The Hebrew is, is feminine. Except for. That's nothing. It was my cell phone telling me about a child abduction. That child should be well. <laughs> so, uh, um, but the, uh, uh, the songs are typically feminine. But there's one song in the future that's uh, the Shira Chadasha, which is masculine. Why would there, this one song be different? So, Klomar, he means to say, Shahanekeva Yeshlo Tsar Leda. A woman is different than a man in that she can give birth. Men don't have that opportunity. Off Kol Hanisim, also all the miracles, Yeshach Rehem Tsar, they come with difficulties. It's almost, uh, really, there's this concept of uh, birth pangs, you know, of the, of the uh, it's true that we got freed from slavery, but there was a lot of difficulties that went along with it. So those songs are feminine because that's the feminine experience. It's an experience of, uh, of, of, of uh, giving birth, which is painful, but it's an amazing experience. Except for the future song, Sheinach Rehsar. In the future, it'll be like, uh, it'll be a giving birth, and then there will be no more hassle, so to speak. So, um, and uh, I, I'm not going to go into that further. I just thought it was a... F- Correct. Nothing. Well, all right. There's birth pangs before, but once we... once. In other words, the, um, okay, right. Not necessarily for now, I'm just observing. Right, right, okay. I thought it was a fascinating, uh, you very rarely get such a, uh, an idea of thought of makshava and the tosos. So uh, the idea of feminine, feminine prayers and masculine prayers and the feminine has to do with childbirth. Just an interesting idea. Okay, as we turn to the top of today's page, um, and uh, what is, there's, one of the things that uh, uh, we talk about all the time, but we very rarely think about it, and that's the, um, the uh, part of it is because the Gentiles, they like this word, the hallelujah, and then the ka. And so the reason why I call it ka is because it might be God's name, and we don't like to say Hashem's name in vain. So the question is, is the, the word hallel, is it two words, or is it one word? Is it hallel, uh, praised is Hashem, or praise to Hashem, or is it really a new word that's really one word? Is it one word or two? And that's uh, it's probably the most common word in the halal. So, Omer of Chist, Omer Haluka the Kiska, the Yedidka. Good morning. We're on the top of Kuf Yud Zayin. We're just starting. Good morning, Richard. We're on the top of, of Kuf Yud Zayin, and we're starting the top of the page. 
And we're uh, commenting now on the part of the Seder, which is the, the praise of Hashem, the hallow. And uh, part of that experience is, is not just getting, getting our freedom and being delivered from uh, our lives being saved, Hashem passed over our houses, but part of that experience is that a person has to uh, sing a song of thanksgiving. And the main word is the hallelujah. And the question now is the Gemara wants to examine what does that word mean? So Omer of Yochan, Haluka, Vakisa, Vyidika, those are other, those aren't in um Halo. Those words are in other Psukim. So uh Achasheim, but those are one word. They're not two words. In other words, it's not praise Hashem, it's a new word that has both in it. Rabba Omer Kiskava Markava, those are two, but Haluka is one. Rabba Omer Merkavka Belvad, only Markavka, that's the only one. Iboilu, Markavka, but what about Rufkista? What does he hold? Teku. The beloved of Hashem, is that a new name that's one or is that two? So Tashma, come in here. Uh, it's actually broken into two. If you see the word is broken into two, therefore Yedid is kol. Yedid is my beloved one. That's not a holy name. But the Ka is beloved of the Lord. That's holy. So now this is the important question that we're getting to. Is that a new word? And then can you say it? Is it, uh, is it God's name? And do you, can you say it? Or is it not Hashem's name? Is, it, is, it too, is the Hashem's name just coming after hallelujah and then the ka? Or is it, is it one? So that was the question. So Tashma, let's see what we can find. To Omar Rav, Rav said, Kazini Tili Dibe Habibi. I looked into the tea leaf, the tea leaves. <laughs> the tea leaves are the Tehillim. I looked into the Tehillim of Chavivi. That was uh, uh, his uncle, a great scholar. The way it was written in his, uh, his sitter, Halalu Bechad Gisa, the word Halalu was on one side and Ka was on the other side. So what does that indicate? That it's actually two words. And it's the name of Hashem. And so you have to be careful. You can't just say, Upligi to Yeshua ben Levi, and he argues on Yeshua ben Levi because Yeshua ben Levi taught, Don't Yeshua ben Levi, my hallelujah. So, according to him, you could actually say it. It's not Hashem's name, it's hallelujah behilulim harba. The word hallelujah means praise him with many praises, but it doesn't actually have Hashem's name in it. I've never seen, you know, what the, the Gentiles tend to use that in the songs. The, uh, I don't know if people are careful not to say it in, in the English, does that make a difference or not, or the way they say They usually say it as one, but they translate it as praise the Lord. <laughs> so if they're praising the Lord, then you don't say his name, uh, unless you're actually in the middle of praising him. So, uh, but this, this explanation says Haluka doesn't mean praise the Lord. It's a text of Hilulim Harba, find many different ways to appreciate Hashem. Uh, in other words, we, uh, Hashem is, is worthy of multiple praises for many, and there's a, there's a value to seeing um, the, the various goods that came out, of the, the, the different ways in which Hashem uh, saved us. A little bit of that is seeing the various plagues, you know, that Hashem brought on the Mitzrayim or the, uh, seeing the various things that He did for us. Uh, it, it's like... Um, Sometimes you appreciate something and you say thank you, and then, but you, a, a good thank you note thanks the person for all the things they've done. 
oh, thank you for coming to my wedding, and thank you for the gift, and thank you for travel. You know, they 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 show that they they realize that there was a lot involved. Whereas uh, sometimes you just get you know a thank you note that just says thank you for coming or thank you, and it doesn't it shows that they don't they they don't necessarily appreciate. Sometimes it just means they're not a good writer. That's the but they don't necessarily appreciate all the aspects of what with Hashem we try. It, it's a value to appreciate the different uh, all the different things that he did for us. Um, uh, when you think about it, the Dayenu is very much that. Uh, um, you know, if it wouldn't, you know, if it, you know, this would have been enough, and each thing alone, and and uh, it it seems like um, uh, that it's a funny prayer. Like in other words, why do we say it would be enough? <laughs> it, what we want to show is that like you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this. Like we're aware of like wow, you know, it's like we we would be here even if you just you know did this, but you, you know you so like the idea that uh, we do hilulim harba. Which is uh, showing, uh, like, appreciating all the different aspects of what Hashem did for us. So that's that seems to be part of the uh, part of the of the hollow part of the seder. But uh, he actually argues on himself, which is uh, it's always I don't know how you can argue with yourself. But uh, um, it could be that he taught it earlier, and then later on he he taught different. Uh, or it could be the Gemara is asking it as the question and doesn't know the answer. Uh, but uh, you can find contradictions. Uh, People sometimes contradict themselves. I, I was shocked. I, somebody quoted me something I said last year. You know, and I said, I said that? I said, well, I guess I did. <laughs> Today you have email records. So, uh, but, upligi di day adi day. Sometimes you could argue on yourself. Domri Yeshua ben Levi, basar maimor so shvach. He said there's ten types of praise said in Sefer Tehillim. There are different words used. So there is a study in, in Lush and Kodesh uh, that Sometimes there are multiple words, and in English they they're translated the same way, but they're not the same word, which means each word is a different type. Uh, so, for example, there's uh, when you talk about happiness, there's um, sason and simcha and, uh, and gila, rina, these. So there's many different types of happiness, and uh, in in theory, if you uh, if you see the word, you should know specifically what kind of happiness it describes. But in English, we lump them all together. Um, and so, too, in the words of praise, in Tehillim, there's different Tehillim for each thing. So some of them are, it says, Benitzuk, Benigun, Bemaskil, Bemizmorshir, Ba'ashrei, Betihila, Betfila, Bahoda, Bahaluka. Those are the ten, uh, ten different words used to praise Hashem throughout the book of Tehillim. Gadol Mikulim, the top one, Hallelujah. Shekolo Sheh Vishvach Bevasachas. That includes Hashem's name, and it's, it gives him um, and says his greatness all in one. So this sounds like, um, uh, uh, this sounds like uh, that it is one name, not two. In other words, we said when they looked in, um, uh, he, he said that uh, it was two, it was the name of Hashem is separate from the hollow here. We see it's one. Omrev Yud Shir Torah. Uh, uh, so that's the end of that particular discussion then. And again, th- there's a, a difference whether the name of Hashem is incorporated into the word that has a new meaning, or is it just two words, halal and ka, and we'll leave it at that, that there's two opinions. So now we want to know the author. Not only the author, we want to know the circumstance 
where it was first said. So if you know, for example, the paragraph in Tehillim on what circumstance it was said, so you would know the context of what exactly what you're being grateful for or, or how, how when, they, uh, uh, when it was written, what did it mean? So he says like this, Shir Torah, Moshe of Yisrael Amru B'Shash He says that was said by Moshe, that's Az Yashir, that's the song of the sea that was composed when we walked out of the sea. I mean, that was quite a feeling. When we went into the sea, we were terrified and we were worried and we had the whole Egyptian army after us and we didn't know how we were going to get out of it. And, uh, and then when we walked out of the sea, uh, then the Egyptian army was destroyed and the booty was floating up and we realized that it was going to, uh, uh, we would not have to worry about them ever again. So that as we came out of the sea, that was an unusual shear. Who composed the halo? Again, there's one part, there's a shear, and then there's a halo. So, they had prophets amongst them. Uh, a prophet uh, means something that's written with prophecy, means it's a direct communication from Hashem. And also, it means that it was something that would have a future, uh, it would be made up for a tefillah for the future. So, the prophets uh, at that time. They said that this is something that the Jewish people will say, I'll call Peruk Peruk. They'll say from time to time, and on every difficulty, What's interesting is that the hallow also is coming to uh, prevent uh, trouble. Uh, that uh, we thank Hashem that He doesn't give us trouble. <laughs> Even though we're not sure yet if we're going to have it, but we, we say, we praise Him. Uh, that uh, by praising him, we prevent trouble from happening. Right. An awareness of something that maybe should have happened. Right. Um, the hallow you're saying is an awareness. Yeah, I mean, the shalot meaning, wow, we saw this so that's an idea that there was a trouble that didn't come. Uh, we tend to think, um, sometimes we're, we, we complain when we have trouble, but we're not always aware that the troubles that passed us by, you know, and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's part of it. Uksishniglin, and when we were redeemed, Omer Osa al we'll say this prayer on our redemption. First wide, middle wide line, Tanya. He says that the... Um, so this is where the challenge is. The, the book of Tehillim, in many ways, is not just another book of prophets. Uh, there's five books of Tehillim, Kanega, the five books of the Torah, and um, it's a special... Um, the, uh, it's a special uh, um, safer, uh, even different than other works of the prophets. Uh, I, I had a, um, a Hasidic roommate and his Hasidus would say the whole book of Tehillim every day um, on the way back from the mikvah as their payas were, dry, were drying out. <laughs> he knew Tehillim cold. He was, you know, he, he was, but, but that was part of, why, why would they make every one of the Hasidim say the whole book of Tehillim every single day? Because they felt that Tehillim was what makes a, makes a Jew, uh, it's the book of Tehillim. And uh, the old, you know, the old babas, the old women uh, used to say Tehillim. They knew Tehillim by heart, and they said it all the time when they were waiting in line. And uh, it's, it's a very, um, uh, it's, a, it's more than just a song of praise. It's a book that's, uh, that's uh, it's a work that was created to 
reflect on our relationship with Hashem. So he says, um, who's the author of this? So also, it wasn't only from David HaMelech. David HaMelech organized some of the prayers from Moshe Rabbeinu, from Adam HaRishon, from the earlier uh, great leaders of the Jewish people. In other words, some of the prayers of Tehillim were composed by other people. Uh, but he put it together. And he, I don't know, he did the notes, the music, whatever, but he put it all together. So, Kulam David Amram. So, this one is saying that the part of Tehillim where it says, Tishbachos, those were all said by David. Those were uh, from David. But how about the particular part that says halal? Who's the author of that? We want to say that this halal came when we left Egypt. And all the buddies in the base matter said, hold it. Uh, how could you say David Amru? Was it from David, which was much later, or was it from the, the Moshe Rabbeinu when we got out of Egypt? And again, uh, it, if we say it almost like it's the song of Egypt, going out of Egypt, not like it's the song of David, which was many years later. And their words are stronger than mine, uh, that, um, that it probably came earlier. Why? Is it possible that Jews shechted the Korban Pesach? Or the Jews had a lula below Omushira, and they didn't. Uh, um, in other words, how could we have survived without Tehillim until then? <laughs> how could you have a Jewish people for 400 years in, in Eretz Israel and, and go through everything we had and not have a Tehillim? You had to have it. So it must have been earlier. That's this argument. Dover Acher, a different argument, is the opposite uh, that we didn't have Tehillim yet. Why? Because when we left Egypt, there was still a big problem. The, this word bechi can mean either in crying or the, the Egyptian. We took idols with us out of Egypt. And so we weren't really ready yet to say the full praise of Hashem because there were parts of the Jewish people were still into idolatry. And we could say halo. So it could be that it could only be composed later when the Jewish people had passed, gotten away from the Egyptian idolatry. Okay, two opposite views about the authorship of the halal. Did it come from Moshe Rabbeinu and Klaustro when we got out of the sea? Or was it much later uh, when they were getting ready for the base of Migdash by David and So all of those praises, Rebbe Lazar says, those were things in his own life. Rebbe Yeshua, uh, he said it for himself to say. Rebbe Yeshua says, no, he said it for the community to say. But Chachamim, they say it depends. Some of them are communal prayers. Some of them are private prayers. If it said, uh, the prayer is said in a Lashin Yachid for an individual to say, so that's Atzmo. Um, that's for things for himself. If it was said uh, in a communal way, that's Kenegad Sibur. That's for the community. Those two types of prayers, those are futuristic. Maskel al yadai al yadai targum. Those words mean there was a translator. They had somebody with a loud voice who led those prayers. Ledavid mizmor. Why does it say David mizmor? Um, first, it mentions David, and then it mentions that he said the prayer. In that case, what happened was that he connected to Hashem, and then that made him sing the song. Why sometimes does it say Ledavid Mizmor and other times it says Mizmor Ledavid? 
First he said Shira. First he, he did the music and he, he needed, he wasn't to, to get Hashem's presence. He, there's some times that we're inspired to begin with and there's some times that we need the inspiration first. There are two different times, of, two different kinds of prayer. Sometimes we are grateful, we are thankful, we're ready to give thanks. And other times we need to warm up a little bit. And so those David Mizmor Mizmula David. Lamdecha. Now, why is it that it's a song first? How does a song get you in the mood for prayer? So Lamdecha You see from here that you can't get close to Hashem if you're depressed. Uh, out of like laziness, depression, and not out of jesting, not lightheadedness, and it can't be of, of tons of wasted words. You can get, uh, you have the presence of Hashem comes on you after you're happy from doing a mitzvah. First, he, he, he did the Simcha Shom Mitzvah, and then the Spirit of Hashem uh, came on him. So, um, and that's a famous uh, concept that the, the Seder night, once you've done all those mitzvahs, that's the perfect time to uh, uh, feel the, the expression of Hashem because Hashem's presence comes on a person after they have Simcha Shom Mitzvah. He says uh, the same thing is true for teaching Torah which is interesting. In other words, if you're talking about saying the Hallel or getting the Shem's Nevuah, but he's saying even to decide halacha, you have to be in a good frame of mind. You can't be depressed. You can't be sad. Also, if you want to have good dreams, you've got to be in a good mood. Okay. Is that true that when you learn Torah, you've got to be happy? You've got to be in a, in a good mood? He said, a student... When you're sitting in front of your teacher, and your lips, you have to be in awe when you sit in front of your teacher. So if you're not in awe, you'll be burnt. Your lips are dripping more over. It means when you're learning. When you're learning, you're supposed to be sitting in awe. You're supposed to be aware that you need to figure this out. You need to get it straight. You're hearing the words of the Almighty. And so, are you supposed to be in, in happy when you learn? Uh, we just said before that in order to get learning straight, you've got to be in a really good mood, you've got to be joyful. And now we're saying you've got to be sitting there in awe uh, you're, uh, of, uh, you know, the word of Hashem, worried about getting it straight. Which one is it? Um, so, I'll take you moreover, I'll moreover, it's, it's uh, bitterness. So, the said, lo kasha, haba rabbi haba talmud. The teacher, he should be in a great mood. He should be happy as could be. The student, he should be uh, nervous uh, not to uh, upset his teacher. And uh, um, students, it's good if they're in a, they have respect for the teacher. That's a good. <laughs> in the old days, we were afraid of our teachers. I, uh, or at least some of them. I, I, you know, used to see that that certain certain teachers, the students, uh, and they sometimes were the best teachers because this, they somehow commanded a certain respect. And so, a student, if he's too joyful, he's not going to pay attention to his studies. But the teacher should be in a good mood about it. He should be happy to be teaching. E boy say more if you want haba haba rabbi both of the teacher. Ha ha da pasach. Before he starts, he should start off with a joke. But once he starts, he should get serious. When you're saying the words of Hashem, sometimes that worries me on the dafyomi. Um, sometimes occasionally you just because it's long and we're here every day, 
you th- I throw in a word that isn't a sensitive word. It's more of a slang or a way to explain something. And it's just an attempt to try to make things a little more interesting. But you always wonder, on the other hand, it's the holy Torah. Like, you know, how, do you, how dare I say a word like that? But it's, a, it's, a, it's just part of the way uh, teaching, you have to know how, when it's appropriate or not. It's, it's really a debate that we have. Uh, uh, but it's, um, on the other hand, if you always talk in a serious way, it's very hard to keep attention all the time. So sometimes you need to invent words or to be expressive. But, uh, but you have to have that seriousness. Uh, so before he begins, he's in a good mood. Once he begins, uh, especially if you're teaching halacha and trying to get it straight, before he would start, he would say, he'd start off with a joke. The funny thing is that the people would laugh. <laughs> if you say a joke and nobody laughs, you're in trouble. But he would start off the class with something funny. And uh, if people start off the class with the joke or the lecture with the joke, a lot of rabbis will do that. The very first thing is a funny story or something like that. So somehow you can lecture them afterwards and it'll go in because you started off with the humorous story or the humorous joke. If you don't start off with a joke or, you, you, uh, or if you start off, uh, you don't, uh, sometimes you've lost them before you start. So, uh, but that's, that's, that's what he mentions. But afterward, the lecture has been going for a while. You're sitting there in awe. I had a teacher like that, that once, you know, they talked and, uh, um, you know, you were in awe. Like it just, it was captivating. And uh, uh, it just, he had a way of, of speaking that you would just, uh, that's the way it was. Tana Rabbanan. Our rabbis taught halal miyom who taught the halal. Now uh, a, a deeper discussion about the authorship. So Lazar said, That's what we quoted before. Now, if you look at the Hallel, it's a song that has a chorus and a response. There's a back and forth. We say it all together, but there's really a back and forth. So he says, Moshe Rabbeinu and Klai Yisrael, they said, The Holy Spirit came and answered them, Lamani, Lamani Eset. Rabbi Yudha says, this was said by Yeshua of Yisrael, when they won the war to conquer the land of Israel, the kings of Canaan. They said, Rabbi Lazar said, this was said by when they were faced by the general of Sisro. They said, Rabbi Lazar said, this happened in the times of Chizkiah, when Sankeru came against the Hemai Lolanu, Ume Shiva. Rabbi Kiva says, Kanani Mishavarazarya, they were the ones who were thrown in the fiery furnace. They were the ones who said it. Bishash Omelemu Kanazar Russia. Hey Mamur Lolanu. What's what it's telling us is that this is a, a generational prayer that you can say upon the uh, uh, the uh, the miracles that happen in your time or our time that Things that we uh, have. Rabbi Yosef says, Mordechai ve Esther Amra. He said this was said by Mordechai Bishra Amdalem Hamada Russia. Heim Amr Lolano, Meshiva of Chamra Minavim Sheminem Tikhon Israel, Sheomra Osa Al Kol Perak Viperak. This was made up that this should be said at different times of life, Val Kotsar Vesora, and to, on each uh, uh, enemy that it shouldn't happen to Jewish people. Ushin the Golem, and when we're saved, we say it on the redemption. Okay, that's some of the back history of the hollow, and that's why it's appropriate for the Seder night. And again, that fits in with the theme of, you know, uh, uh, that every generation, they, uh, our enemies come to destroy us, and you know what, we're still here. You know, the 
last year was you know, COVID, nobody knew what was going to be. And uh, some of those people aren't here, but you know, everyone who is here has to be thankful that uh, we're still here. You know, it's, uh, uh, that it's, uh, things are a little better anyways. But Omre Ochista, Haluka Sov Pircha. So now is another interesting question, and sometimes you get mixed up with this. Is the Haluka the end of the previous or the beginning of the next? Um, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no commas in the in the Tehillim. So how do you read? So usually in our Tehillim they put it one way or the other. But how do they know? So is it the end? Is it finishing off? Give praise to the Lord, or is it starting? It's the beginning. It's in the middle. Why do you mean in the middle? I'm mistakenly wasn't sure. That one is clearly at the end, the Basra. Uh, the Basra Reish Pircha, that's the, um, that's, that's afterwards. Uh, Reish, um, that one was after. Reish Pircha, um, the, the one that's at the beginning is Russia, year of Akas, that's also afterwards. That's afterwards. And then there are a few more. That's one, the Basar, that comes after the chapter. So some of them are clearly afterwards, and some are not so clear. Name it Let's say this is an earlier argument about whether the Halalukah is the end or the beginning. And actually, it goes back to our Mishnah. We said, how much Halal do you say at the Seder? It says until it does. So there's a debate about how much Halal to say as we turn the page. What's the debate? My love, that's exactly the debate. He doesn't say Haluka. So Savru Halu Resh Pircha. He held the Halu the beginning of the next. The, the reason why he said Ema Banim Semecha and not Ema Banim Semecha Haluka is because the Haluka is going forward. So that's the beginning of the next paragraph. No, Halu is the end of the paragraph. So uh, according to how you learn, what are you going to do with this? With this explanation, he's going to explain It's the end of the paragraph, and the one who says shaper, that's good. And the one who says why does he why doesn't he say the haluka? He meant uh, to, to that paragraph and including including the haluka. So why doesn't he say it? The name ad haluka. The key hey haluka. If you say haluka, there's so many halalukas you'll get confused. The name of Haluka shall Emma Well, he could have said that Haluka. Kasha, you're right. He could have said that. That's a little difficult. He's going to explain Kuliama Haluka Reshpir. Everybody agrees. It's so funny. Everybody agrees. We just said everybody agrees the other way. Everybody agrees Haluka begins the praise. So that's very good because. Uh, the Haluka is not the end. That was the beginning. Shaper. We uh, we don't include it. Why doesn't he say until the Haluka that begins it? The key tema If we say Haluka, he wouldn't know which Haluka. Then he should have said Haluka b'seis Yisrael. Kasha. That's a difficulty. So um, 
so we've thrown out just an interesting idea. Does the praise come at the beginning or does it come at the end? And again, it changes the focus. Is it, is it after we've said it or does it get us going to, to begin? And so we had two opinions about that as to where the haluka was appropriate. It just turns out that this word haluka is much more complex than we ever knew. Is it, is it one name? Is it two names? Is it the beginning? Is it the end? Does it make a difference? And uh, we were trying to bring proofs from the wording of our Mishnah about how far we go in halo. Okay, fine. Then we added that after we do the halo, we, we finish off with a blessing on redemption. So, Amarava, Kriyashma, halo. So, this blessing of redemption mentions that Hashem is the Redeemer of Israel. So, actually, sometimes it's Goal Yisrael, and sometimes it's, it's Goel Yisrael. Uh, so, what's the difference? So he says, Kriyashman, Halo, Go Yisrael, Ditzlusa. Um, I'm sorry, that's Kriyashman, Halo, we praise Hashem for that he took us out, that he saved us. Ditzlusa, in prayer, Go Yisrael is in the future. He will redeem us. In other words, uh, one, one is we're thanking him that he saved us in the, he's the redeemer, he has redeemed us. And the other is he will redeem us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my time, because that's what prayer is for the future. Omer of read the Kiddush. Now, um, in Kiddush, uh, also there's a, a change in the prayer. It says, um, The Kiddush, we thanked Hashem that he sanctified us with his mitzvahs in the past. But when we pray in davening, we say, the, the slusa kadshenu secha. Make us holy with your mitzvahs in the future. That's, that's futuristic. Um, do that. Sanctify us. Uh, make us holy. So, again, sometimes you're thanking him for the past, and sometimes you're asking for the future. My time, when you dive in, you're asking for the future. He says that there's a connection between going out of Egypt and the Shabbos Kiddush. What's the connection? It says, remember, and it also says by Shabbos, the chorus Yom Shabbos the Kadsho. There's a concept like this that um, uh, going out of Egypt has to do with faith, and Shabbos has to do with faith. Shabbos is that Hashem created the world. So he created the world, and on Shabbos he rested. And Mitzis Mitzrayim is that he not only created the world, but he makes the world work. He, he, he's involved in, the, in our world. It's not just some distant creator or some happening that happened thousands of years ago and is no longer involved. So those are both the two basic concepts of Amuna. And so uh, they, they interconnect. That There's a belief in a creator and that the creator is, is involved in our lives. And so that's why you, you mentioned in the davening, uh, often in Shabbos, you'll mention Zechari Litziyasim Mitzrayim. Once we're on the subject of two prayers that are similar, uh, what about when we mention for Mashiach the prayer of Matzmiah Karen Yeshua? Uh, there, we, that's the, um, in davening, we, that's one bracha. And after Rasa, in the Haftorah, we say Mog and David. And um, those are two places where we mention that a descendant of David should arise and lead us. Uh, where does that come from? Because David Melech was promised that he was given a, a promise that he, um, he wasn't a one-time phenomena, 
In other words, some people, they, they, they lived, but they were done. The David HaMelech, the idea of Mashiach, is going to be a, a, something that's going to be in the future as well, Mir Tashem. So Tanu Yosef says, that's what it says, Mogin David. That references Avram Avinu, uh, that Hashem will make you a great nation. I will bless you, that's I would have thought that all of the Yavos, uh, that at the end of time will have all of them. Uh, the Avram Avinu, his, uh, his quality or his greatness uh, will uh, lead, we, we finish the first bracha, Mogen Avram. You don't finish with all of them. Okay. Omar Rava, Pantisa. I found the elders, the sages of Pampadisa, that was one of the great yeshivas, the Yasser Kamar Bishapsa, when they davened on Shabbos, Beim Slusa, whether they were davening, Beim Mikiddish. They said Mikaddish Shabbos. They always used the word Mikaddish HaShabbos. And when it was Yantuf, Beim Beslusa, Beim Mikiddish, Mikaddish Yisrael Vazmanim. That was the, in other words, Shabbos, Hashem sanctifies the Shabbos. He created the seventh day. Yantuf is the holiday of the Jewish people. We declare the holiday that say um, uh, Yantuf is more, uh, Shabbos has to do with the world. It's a universal kind of thing, whereas Yantuf has to do with the Jewish people. So, but I said, when I heard this is what the elders of Pampadisa said, I said, Adarabba, I can make the argument the other way around. This, Lusa, when you pray, Baby Shabbos, Baby Yantov, Mikadish Yisrael. In other words, don't differentiate between Shabbos and Yantov. Differentiate between prayer and Kiddush. This, Lusa, if you're davening, Baby Shabbos, Baby Yantov, Mikadish Yisrael. The Kiddush to Shabbos, Mikadish to Shabbos, and Beyond to Mikadish Yisrael, Vazmanim. And I'll explain my reasoning. Time I can explain my reasoning and their reasoning. Time be to Shabbos, the cover of Kaima. Shabbos is set, uh, no matter what, every seven days at Shabbos, Beim B'tzlusa, Beim B'kiddush. Whether you're mentioning it in prayer, whether you mention it in Kiddush, Mekadosh HaShabbos. Hashem is the one who sanctifies the Shabbos. Yantuf, the Yisrael who the Jewish people sets the Yantuf, we declare the new moon, and we set up the years. So, Mekadosh Yisrael, and so therefore we say Mekadosh Yisrael, the Jewish people sets the time. So that's their reasoning. Time did he, he my reasoning would be like this. Slusa prayer de misa, that's said publicly. So we say Mikadish Israel. Kiddish, which is said privately, uh Issa, Bishabis Mikadish Shabbos, Miyanta Mikadish Israel Vazmanim. Belohi, but it's not so. Because Slusa Biyachid Milas. So first of all, you have private prayers also. And the Kiddish Barabim, and don't you sometimes make Kiddish publicly? Rabba Savar Zilbas or Iker, you look at the main thing. He davened like the elders of Pampadisa. No one stopped him. You see that he later on agreed with those elders. Uh, he once led the services in Rav Papa's synagogue, and he said the prayer like the Sabi de Pampadisa, the same way that the elders of Pampadisa said. Rav Papa. Rav Papa said, good job. I once came to Sura. Sura was the other great yeshiva. In front of Meremar. And somebody, the chazan, got up and he started davening and he said the prayers we mentioned, like the elders from Padisa, he got shushed. Shh, no, no, no. We all, that's a universal Jewish, uh, you know, you can get shushed in a synagogue if they don't like what you're doing. 
So then the head of the academy said, Shavkua, let it be. He said, we, we agree with that prayer, the way he's saying it. And they stopped uh, shushing him. So again, there was this question about the proper uh, text uh, for this, uh, the, the prayer of the Kiddush. The new Mishnah. We get to the third cup, and you bench on the third cup. That's the cup of the Birchas HaMazan. Revi, on the fourth cup, you finish the halal, the omerle birchas hashir, and uh, we say the birchas hashir. And, and those are the four cups. Now, what happens if you get thirsty in between the four cups? Uh, I guess you have a long time in between, <laughs> then you get thirsty. So, abedikosas halalu. Now, in between, imratzu lishtos, if you want to drink, you can, but those are the earlier cups. Between the third and fourth, lo yishta. That's at the end. Once you start the halal, you've really finished the meal. You can't have another drink over there. But if you want to drink, let's say, like during the meal, you want to have some extra cups of wine, that's no problem. Uh, don't you see from the fact that at the Seder, when we do birkas and we hold a cup, that that's the way it's supposed to be. No, arba kosi tika No, that has to do with the four cups. That's, uh, that's, it's uh, the way of freedom. Each one's a separate mitzvah. It doesn't really prove that you always have to bench on a cup. And then we said the fourth one, uh, you finish the halal and you say birchas hashir, and we'll find out tomorrow a little bit about what this uh, birchas hashir is. Okay.